Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and today I have back on the show, Rachel Lang and Tisha Morris. I wanted to have them back on to share with you what's going on in the stars for 2020. Years ago, I used to work with an astrologer by the name of Tom Brady. He lived in New Mexico, and I actually learned about him through Kelly Howe. When he did my chart in 2009, I asked him, Tom, when are things going to stabilize? When are they going to get back to normal? You know, because remember that little housing crisis that had just happened? Well, he laughed and said, yeah, hun, this is the new normal. (laughs) So things would no longer be business as usual is basically what he was telling me and that everything from here moving forward was building up to 2020. Well, back then that seemed like light years away. I mean, think about it. That would be like me telling you something is going to happen in 2031. Good Lord, that sounds like forever from now, am I right? (laughs) So I put 2020 in the back of my mind, carried on, and well, here we are. It is officially 2020. It has arrived, and it's nothing short of everything Tom said it would be. Oi! And Tom has since retired, so he retired about six years ago. So I no longer can turn to him and ask for his help. (laughs) So to take our minds off the doom and gloom for just a second, we're going to do some good old housekeeping. Want to? Great. Let's do it. Some good news about the podcast. I announced in a couple of shows last month that I wasn't going to be able to do it every month. And the good news is we're going to go on a sabbatical, but only half of it. (laughs) Woohoo! I figured out a partial solution, not a full solution. Uh, And while I still don't have everything figured out, we're going to basically try to squeeze blood from a stone and figure out how to do at least two episodes a month. I know, total bummer that we can't do it once a week, but hey, we're still going to do two. So let's focus on glass half full. Am I right? Two things you can do right now to help. If you are an avid listener, please go over to iTunes and leave us a review and subscribe. I'm hoping that if we can show some serious clout, I can look more attractive to advertisers. Everybody that we work with and uh, PR companies that I've worked with, marketing people, media people, they are stunned by the numbers that I get with this podcast. But I guess because it's esoteric, it's like nobody wants to come near it with a 10-foot pole. And I don't understand that because I've listened to other esoteric shows and they have advertisers. So I'm not really sure what we're doing over here that's so weird and, I don't know, off the wall. But, you know, let's prove them wrong. I know we can do this. And hey, if you know any businesses who would be a good fit for the show to advertise, let us know. Reach out. 
you know? I mean, I realize that we don't have to bear all of this on our own. I can reach out to y'all and say, hey, what can you do to help us? How can you, you know, give us some ideas? So the big thing here is, is that this train needs to start earning. My accountant has made it very clear that I can no longer do all this shit for free. So I'm doing what I can here. And so we've got over 10,000 listeners to the show. So <laughs> I'm asking for your help. Let's, let's band together and do this. That way I can go back to doing four shows a month, sometimes five. All right. Uh, and finally, uh, just one more thing for housekeeping. I'm going to be running a special in December. You know, it's the holidays. I feel like giving. Uh, if you buy any of our feng shui services, you'll get to pick from one of my three online mini courses for free. This does not include the advanced mastering feng shui course, womp womp, but I do have three fantastic courses. One of them is on love. The other one is on the top five disruptors, like the basics of feng shui. And then I also have a fantastic class on negative energy and how to get it out of your life. So all three of them are fantastic. And if you purchase anything, like if you do a gift card or maybe something for yourself, you'll get to choose from one of those classes for free. I think that's pretty rad. Alrighty, today the three of us are going to discuss what the stars predict in 2020. Oh Lord, let me tell you, January is going to be a doozy. But on the positive side, we have three energy days throughout the year that appeal to everyone in good fortune. And that's really good news. You know, we want to focus on glass half full here. And the thing is, is that when we go into a year like this, I always look at this as a positive. You know, we have to have upheaval. We have to have dramatic change in order to really get results and to shift things around for, a, you know, a more positive result. I have found that, you know, a lot of uh, the things that go on in our world are business as usual until something comes and tears up the paradigm. So that's what we're really going to see in 2020. And so it's going to be necessary if we really want to get to the meat of it and really start seeing some big major changes, which are, it's time, right? It, it's necessary. So, and the good thing is, is that Tish and I are also, we do uh, kind of a brainstorming session throughout the show as to how you can utilize feng shui to stay calm, carry on, and navigate the challenging waters ahead with as much grace as possible. It's going to be totally fun. And hey, FYI, this show was so important to me and I found it so valuable. Rachel's wisdom on what's going on in the stars and also Tisha's wisdom on feng shui. I also videoed it. So be sure to head on over to the YouTube channel. I'm also going to have that up on the, the uh, channel over there so that you can see us talking to one another and talking about the stars and feng shui and all that good stuff. And you can see our beautiful faces. I mean, that is a win-win. All right, everyone. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have back on the show, Rachel Lang and Tisha Morris. Welcome, ladies. Hi, thanks for having us back. Yes, thank you. It's always fun being on your show. Yeah, so this is going to be double the fun. For the listeners who are on the podcast today, we are also filming this. So you can head on over to the YouTube channel to also uh, see us in action. We look pretty fabulous, if you ask me. <laughs> 
Um, but more importantly, I, I just wanted the content on both locations because I think that this information is really, really important. What we are going to be talking about today is uh, what's going on in the stars as far as 2020. And Tisha and I are going to uh, hopefully be able to brainstorm on some fantastic solutions on what to do about it. And I was just talking to the girls before the show that uh, my first astrologer that I ever started working with, his name was Tim Brady, um, or Tom Brady, uh, which a lot of people say the football player. No, uh, he was in New Mexico. His son has now taken over his company. His name is Joshua. And, um, it was really kind of surreal for me to have a, an astrology reading because you guys can see so much in our charts and there was so much revealed to me. And we had just gotten through 2008 and I was like, okay, when are things going to get back to normal? And he said, this is the new normal. Like it, we're just climbing now until we get to 2020. And he was the first person that really put 2020 on my radar as far as like this culmination and kind of the vision that I got was like, we're climbing Mount Everest and it's like we finally are almost to the top and all along the way our poor decisions the truths are being revealed to us we're like oh my god why did we decide to do this we're, you know we're at the point of no return but now the storm is coming in <laughs> so just give us kind of some idea uh as to what is going on you know what, what we can uh brace ourselves for, so to speak, as far as what 2020 holds and if there are particular months that are going to be a little bit more challenging. Yeah, that's a, the, this, is a, this is a great topic. 2020 is a very interesting year astrologically. And I think in many ways, we've been preparing for this ever since, ever since 2008, 2012, uh, when we had the um, you know, when, when Pluto moved into Capricorn and then there were a series of transits between Pluto, Uranus, and it, it's, been, it's been kind of building up. So we've had little previews along the way of what we might expect in 2020. So the big, the big event is happening on January 12th. And it is when the planet Pluto meets up with the planet Saturn, or this planet Saturn actually is the faster moving one. So it's going to, it's going to conjoin Pluto. That means they're gonna be standing right next to each other. And what's, what's interesting about this, this happens once every 34 years. So it's a pretty big event. It's like a, a serious event. And it's happening in the sign of Capricorn, which is Saturn's sign. Um, I'm going to kind of break down why this is so important. And yeah, because I have no idea what you're talking oh, yeah. about. <laughs> exactly. Most, most people don't, so don't worry. I'll, I'll break it down. I'll, I'll simplify it for you. Um, so, so Saturn is the planet of authority. It's, it's government, institution, law. It's kind of, it's kind of like it's, it's the planet of, that's sort of like the planetary police officer. It's the, it's the one that, that wants to make the rules, and if you break the rules, it wants to, it wants to intervene. But it's also the planet that relates to stable structures. And, and those kinds of things are like inst institutions like government, religion, um, corporation, uh, economic institutions. And Saturn rules the sign of Capricorn, which 
relates to all of those things too. And Capricorn, and so, and this, and so this conjunction is happening in Saturn's sign of Capricorn. Pluto, so these are big themes. Capricorn, those Capricorn themes are up for us. Pluto wants us to tear down what's not working and to rebuild into something new. So we can look at this symbolically and say, this is a time of restructuring. This is a time of, you know, identifying what, uh, where, the fault, where the faults are, where the cracks in those foundations are, where the corruption is, where, um, where, there's, where there are people who need to be punished for things that they've been doing wrong. And we're seeing that a lot, we're seeing a lot of that happening with, you know, with, um, um, with putting, shining a spotlight on, on, um, on, on corruption within government. I mean, we're, we're in the middle as we're recording this right now, we're, we're having a, an impeachment hearing um, where we're seeing, you know, some of, some of the corruption within government. We've also seen a big, huge spotlight on, um, on me too, uh, on you know, on, on people who've 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 taken advantage of women, um, and and so anywhere there is some kind of um, something hidden, something bad secret, behavior, kind of bad behavior. Yeah. Saturn and Pluto are coming together and saying, "We got to we got to put an end to this, and we got to build something new." And what's interesting is that we're also seeing you know, structures and boundaries in, 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 uh, with countries, um, you know, talks about walls, talks about keeping refugees out. So these are also big themes. It's protection, boundary, structure, stability, corporation, economic, like all of these patriarchal institutions are <laughs> yep, taken up and redefined. Wow. So if, for those listening, if you just were to rewind everything she just said and apply that to your personal life, your your your, your world, all that applies yeah. in your own world. Anything that's not working, anything that's um, anything that needs restructuring, anything that's uh, boundaries that you need to put into place. Everything she just said, just think of it in a context of your own life, and it's mm-hmm. just as applicable. Yeah, and, and actually to that point, um, I think, you know, one thing that I'm seeing uh, in my practice right now is so many of my clients are resh- reshaping their family structures to where there's, you know, those, 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 so family can be an institution just like religion or just like government because our concept of family and our concept of, of like our, our concept of, um, of, of community, our concept, concept of family are all intertwined with this patriarchal model that we've all been exposed to, we've all been living within for thousands and thousands of years. Even the institution of marriage, yeah. where the patriarchy, I mean, was grounded on patriarchy, yeah. um, and how that's shifting, and how that's shifting in, in modern day relationships mm-hmm. um, as well. As all. I think it's so well needed though. I mean, this theme of um, just really, it, to me, the vision that I get is that like things are literally from the inside out, just like the, the whole paradigm is shifting. Like everything is blowing up from the inside out and really getting rid of all of those structures and the meritocracy that's been set up by people that 
uh, maybe less than 1%, that doesn't really apply to the majority. And a lot of us, you know, I know that, and I know Tisha, we've, we've talked about this in the past as far as um, just all the, the various things that we've gotten into um, and, you know, doing the interior design and, and landing on feng shui, but this idea of not wanting to work in corporate, like I, I, I lasted for a hot minute <laughs> in structure and very quickly went into uh, working for myself because I needed the freedom. And I, I swear to God, every job I ever had, I got fired from. And it wasn't because I was for bad behavior. I just was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I just couldn't, you know, it, it just seemed like I got fired from every single job I ever had. And the only job that I've ever kept is my own. <laughs> but I just read uh, this great book called uh, The Burnout Generation and everything from uh, pastors to millennials to moms, I mean, you across the board, um, people uh, who are returning, you know, from Iraq and who have been in war and who are in the military, it seems like everybody is experiencing burnout and it's because of this system. It's, it's like this box has been built and we've been all trying to stuff ourselves into it and fit into it. And we don't, it's, it's not, it's not really honoring, uh, who we are on a unique level. So as we know, this is coming, this is happening next month. So how do we gently and gracefully start preparing for this? Like Tisha, are there some things that we could start doing in our homes to, um, start preparing our environments and, and then how do we calibrate ourselves to prepare for this? Because, you know, I'm pretty sensitive to energy and I would argue that a lot of people that listen to this show are likely empaths on, on some level. And I mean, every time the moon changes, I'm like vibrating at different levels and like, I just feel things. And this sounds like something where I'm just going to like, not want to get out of bed. Oh, well, we've, you know, we've been building up to it. Yeah. Not, I mean, you know, the transit that there's, they slowly get, so it's, we've been calibrating for this and then everyone, I mean, it's been a tough fall for the summer and Holy fall. Christ. <laughs> so it, we've already been seeing the, the building, the build up to this and it's all about, um, you know, who, who are you going to take with you to this? To this new world and i actually think that this is actually what it's leading to is kind of a new world breaking down the old what rich was saying the old structures or anything that was no longer working and so that could be people in your life it could be jobs it could be places there's a lot of people uh have moved and um the, the phrase that i've been hearing in my head i know Amanda, you're in nashville i used to live in nashville and on the weather forecast it was always like get in your safe place during the um, tornado season and so that's what I've been hearing getting get in your safe place and what that means is is a, a home a sense of home whatever that means for you and with with the people that you want to be uh, in air quotes home with because um, it's a little bit of a hunkering downtime is my sense um, not in the scare way but it could um, there could be some yeah some a lot of mm, volatility I would I would say that that there's a there's a bright spot. Um, Are we talking about bright spots yet? Yeah. <laughs> <Already>. <laughs> we're only a couple of minutes in here. I don't know if we're ready for the positivity. <laughs> so so I would also say that one thing that you can that we you know the great thing about astrology is it kind of we see these cycles that are mapped down and so one follows another and. Uh, there's a cycle that's coming on the heels of this, 
So Jan January is going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be not tough, but it's going to be a time of, of change and a time uh, where there's a lot of, it's like there's a, a lot of, uh, there are catalysts in your personal life for change and catalysts societally for change. And, and we could see a, a kind of a shakeup in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, we could see this with the economy. We could see this with relationships. Um, and so when I look for like, where, where are the bright spots? Um, and what's, wh where can, where are we moving toward? Um, there's, there are three times this year when Jupiter and Pluto will, will form conjunctions. And this happens once every 13 years. Oh, and wow. It, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, a, and it's a really, I mean, I, I kind of look at this as, as, the, as the, the fireworks display kind of punctuating and allowing us to celebrate all the changes that are happening after the, the Pluto-Saturn conjunction. Because Jupiter, so Saturn is law, it, it's, our, it's our, the laws, it is authority, it is government, it is institutions, it's also limitations. And it's more importantly, our perceived limitations. So those collective beliefs, those collective ideas that keep us stuck in, in a rut, that keep us from really progressing or from moving forward, um, or that, that, that stall or delay, that process of growth, innovation, invention, and those kinds of things. Jupiter is kind of like, um, as different as you can get energetically from Saturn. It's like Santa Claus. It is, it's like Santa Claus. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's the biggest planet in our solar system. It is, um, you know, just a really bright luminaire, bright star in the sky. And, it, um, and it's, it's all about expansion, belief, faith, opportunity, abundance, new beginning. And so when Jupiter and Pluto come together, they offer tremendous growth opportunities economically. So if you suffered from any kind of shakeup in your in your financial life, personally, um, uh, in January or maybe from October to January, if you had some kind of challenges, these times when Jupiter and Pluto come together could be times when you're building things back up. There are also times when we could have inventions coming in or new ideas or people coming in from you know, future generations. This is happening in the sign of, um, well, it's happening in Capricorn, but we're, we're, and so there, there are opportunities within those institutions that we're talking about, even your family institution, to create some new ways of being. So this is going to happen three times. And the first one is April 4th. So not too, not too far after that January. Then the second one is June 30th. And the third one is November 12th. And so this is so do they just last one day or is it like overarching or or how long does Santa Claus stay? <laughs> it um we'll notice that for 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 about two or three weeks around those times, but those are the times when it's exact. And so that's often when when a when a when a, a an aspect between two planets or a transit perfects when it when it forms comes to that exact degree. Um then that's often when we feel it the strongest. But there's kind of an energy of that transit that lasts for several weeks on either side of that, of that conjunction. 
So I have a question you've talked about, you know, I always see Saturn as restriction. Like that's always the word that I hear that I associate with Saturn, but I'm a Scorpio. And so I'm all about regeneration, death, rebirth. Like I just do this shit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like I am, I am built for this. Yeah, you are. (laughs) But you know, I, 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 and I feel like I've mastered this in a lot of ways. Like everything you're telling me, I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm gonna have to hunker down, whatever. But like, I'm, I'm built for this. But I know that there are signs, like I think of my mother, um, you know, like I'm wondering if like a Taurus who's an earth, who's very stable and doesn't like change. And, you know, I, I'm wondering how a, a, a sign that is not built for change and, and death and rebirth and regeneration what is the best way for them? Maybe let us know what those signs are that may be a little bit more challenged. Okay. And Tisha, maybe just give them a little extra boost on some things that they can do for their environment. Because, you know, I, 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 again, I think of my mom and like, this is the shit that just knocks her down because she hates change. Well, you know, not to go on the decluttering, um, path, but I'm going to have to go there because honestly, it is the best, easiest way to get comfortable with change. As you let things go, you're adapting to a lighter energy. And that's really what we're talking about on the, on the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that's you know coming up is a major decluttering of anything that's no longer working. That's what decluttering is. And so if you go ahead and start doing that in the the, the space that you actually have control over. There's nothing else in the world you have control over except for your space as much as you can. Um, and so taking, taking autonomy over your space, uh, which also includes your mind and body, our mind, body, and home is the only thing we have control over, maybe, maybe your car on a good day. Um, <laughs> and so making the most of those as you can. So decluttering, practicing what, what, what nature and what the astrology is asking us to do um, for ourselves, And then I also think um, this is a time when for us spiritual people to really get our bag of spiritual tools out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is what, what we've all been, you know, these are the times in which we do meditation and yoga and all these other uh, modalities is tools to, to, to deal with change and changing times like this. I'm curious, what do you say, you know, again, being that I'm a Scorpio, like I, I, I have this and I'm a a wood element. So I'm all about action. Like I move quickly and I make very rash decisions and sometimes I regret them, but for the most part, I'm like, oh, well, but I know that there are some people that are out there that like, they hear that word decluttering and they hear this idea of, oh my God, like all this change is coming and like they're, they're panicking. So do you have any tips for someone who is just like paralyzed by the idea of, you know, having to declutter? Is there like a good place to start or is there a methodology that's like step one, do this <laughs> to get yeah. this started? Yeah. Great question because yeah, it can be overwhelming. And so the best place to start is where it doesn't feel overwhelming, where it feels easy. Um, really the, over, the only overwhelming parts are the parts that, that, that it could be one um, one emotional item that's actually the cog in the whole wheel. Um, and so if you just try to work with the easy stuff first, get some energy moving, um, things that you don't really have, that don't have an emotional pull for you. 
um, let those go to the side for now. But once you start letting things go and get and feeling lighter and getting energy moving, then you'll have be more in a space to deal with the um, more difficult things um, at a time. And also reaching out for help. I mean, professional organizers, friends, family members. Um, yeah, this it doesn't have to be uh, a lone wolf uh, task. Well, hopefully the energy too. I know that I'm very, very in tune with astrology. I, I say this all the time where I think I'm being revolutionary. I think like I'm, I'm doing these amazing things and coming up with these incredible ideas. And like, like I just did this, I completely redid my whole company and like I'm changing everything and I'm decluttering my company. Like I'm simplifying, simplifying, simplifying. And like, I think I'm coming up with this and it's like, nope, it's in the stars. It's like, you know, it's everything that's going on. I, I didn't come up with anything. So I feel like I'm very much in tuned with that without really realizing why I'm doing it. But I do know that there are some signs that don't do that and they've got their feet in the ground and they're like, nope, I don't want to do this. So Rachel, what are some ways, you know, for signs that aren't built for this, what are some ways for them to lean into this and just like say, hey, it's coming. You're going to have to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, Amanda, you know, I think one of the great things about astrology is, and then you articulated it so beautifully, is that we're feeling this energy, even those of us who don't think of ourselves as, as being sensitive, are, are vibing with this energy. So during a Mercury retrograde, even if you don't know anything about astrology, there you might have issues with your computer, or you might have communication challenges, or you might go through your closet and want to just clear out all the, the clothes that you don't wear anymore. So there's something within us, like we are, we are, we are made of, of the same substances as the stars. We, we have all of this energy within, within ourselves. And so even those fixed signs, and Scorpio is a fixed sign. You're, you're a rare Scorpio who, who, who loves, who welcomes and embraces change. But, uh, you know, our fixed signs are Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, and Aquarius. And they, fixed signs are, they're the ones that hunker down, they're the ones that stay committed, they're the ones that, that are try and true, that don't give up, and they can also be the ones who are the most resistant to change, where they're like, they, you know, they, they, they make change very gradually, they make change um, very consciously. And so even those signs and those people born under those signs are going to feel something shifting within them that's going to lead to external change. Now, what can you do to, to, to welcome this? What can you do to embrace this? I think just give yourself permission to do it incrementally, to, to know that you, that you can have awareness without dropping a bomb. Um, and I see this often with my clients who feel like it's, they need to leave a relationship or they've outgrown a relationship. And sometimes they can be so resistant to even just having that awareness that their physical bodies get sick yep. and it forces them to stand still, stop, pay attention and say, what, what's really going on? And then that awareness opens up and we always feel like we have to do something. We have to act on behalf of whatever awareness we're receiving or whatever insights are coming up or whatever knowledge is coming to, 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 to light. And, and we don't always have to take immediate action. Sometimes the best thing to do is just to sit still and to wait and, and to, to, to talk, talk it through with someone that you, that you trust. See a therapist, talk to an astrologer, talk to a healer. Navigate that, that transition. Um, 
So I think just being comfortable with sitting in that uncomfortable place of knowing you need to make a change and not knowing how to do that or what steps to take is the first step. Yeah, and I really love the idea, Tisha, that you said, you know, just doing yoga and meditation and, and doing more of that inner work. I think that even if your external world is like purely chaotic and dramatic and freaking out, doing everything that you can to just try to, you know, calibrate yourself and center yourself to the best of your ability. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And setting those spaces in your house up for, for that to be, you know, um, build it and you will come, you know, whether it's meditation or whatever. Um, what do you think about maybe doing an altar? Do you think that um, mm -hmm. building a sacred area in your home, I have altars all over my house, like I have them in my bathroom and at my entryway and I have them everywhere. Um, but I really think that there's something to be said about a, a space that you set up that you can visit to. It's almost like Pavlov's dogs where like you walk up to it and you drop in. Like Absolutely. you walk up to it and you know, like, this is where I set clear intentions. This is where I clear my brain. This is where I set forth the, the prayers and goals that I have. I mean, what do you think about, you know, that might be a good place to start as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, it's energy. So there's you creating that energy in that space. Whereas the energy in your kitchen is about cooking where the energy in your meditation or spiritual practice place is will build and build more on that. That's why you can drop in um, more easy, uh, easier in um, the same space. So mm -hmm. to your point, I highly recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. that's great. So after we get through the shit show in January, um, <laughs> <laughs> can I add one more thing to January? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's what, what else is kind of cool about this is that series, which is this little dwarf planet, um, who's associated with agriculture and motherhood and the, the divine feminine um, is, is right there in that, in that group too. And I think it's kind of like, and, and then the North nodes in cancer, which relates to, which relates to motherhood, nurturing, taking care of children, protecting, protecting those who don't have voices. And so I think this is actually a real opportunity for us in our own personal lives to really be, be united, like part of the hunkering down that you were talking about and the protection and the preparedness is actually strengthening family bonds and mm. strengthening relationships and building community and, and, and focusing on protecting the earth, focusing on protecting children. Um, and, and if we can turn our attention toward those kinds of things, then it's like we're moving toward what, we're reshaping and what we're re recreating or what we're, how we're restructuring. And we can move away from some of those faulty structures that are going to crumble down under that, under that conjunction. Which is so needed because part of the problem with patriarchy is this idea of separateness We're an Island. We do it on our own and, and there is no sense of self and, and uh, uh, community. So like Tisha, when you said, well, if you're having problems with clutter, reach out to someone. And there's probably a lot of people who are like, oh, I can't ask for help. And that's the point, right? We're supposed to have community. We're supposed to be able to lean on each other. We're supposed to ask for help. So that's fantastic because maybe it will help encourage people to feel safe around that idea. Yeah, yeah. And this is something that's going to be a real theme um, when we get into December. Um, in December... We have a really exciting, so this is that we're talking this about December, the end, next, December. next December, so the end, so a year from now. 
um, you know, there's, we come out of this Capricorn period, which is all that we've been talking about, and we move into um, Aquarius. So Jupiter and Saturn are going to uh, have a conjunction in, uh, in the sign of Aquarius. And so Aquarius is all about This is where the community. bright spot comes Yeah, this in. is like, these are some more of the bright spots. Like, these are okay, the we just have a year. We just got to get through the year. Well, and I think like throughout this year, there are, there are some really cool, there are some really cool things that are happening that are shifted, that are like helping. It's like the, there are lots of bright spots throughout the year. Um, there's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of like technological advancement. There's kind of like a, a revolution that, that we're going to see that has remnants of what we saw in 2012 and 20 through 2015. Um, where, you know, people are going to be coming together in, in really um, innovative, interesting, uh, dynamic, powerful ways. And Aquarius is all about, it's all about community. And it's, a, it's, also, it's also kind of about the self. And so I think we're going to see a lot more um, communities rising to take care of those who don't, um, who have needs. Rachel's the only person I know who can make a revolution sound <laughs> happy. Positive and joy-filled. <laughs> the whole world is just going to be up in uproar, but it's going to be amazing. Well, I'm thinking about like the times when I've gone to like rallies or when I've gone to the women's march. I've had so much fun. <laughs> it's, it's Mind you, this is all leading up to the election. Yeah, well, that, yes, and we're going to talk about that, too. <laughs> I'm not sure how rosy this revolution is going to be. <laughs> I mean, as a whole, though, if we're, if we're looking at the whole year, I mean, I, I know that this idea of Saturn and Capricorn, with this idea of the paradigm really being blown up and, and the old ways going away, um, if you ask me, I mean, we've really been delving into this for the last six to eight years. I mean, this has been building. Right, so right. it really is the point of no return. We've already been experiencing it. And I, I have felt like it could be pure perception, but I was just talking about this on uh, the show uh, a couple of weeks ago where I feel like when I was in high school and in college and stuff, it's like life was normal. And I feel like now we're on fast, fast, fast forward. Like everything's going very uh, rapidly and things have really sped up. But I feel like it's like I'd said a, a while ago, the idea of we're, we're building up, we're climbing up Mount Everest and, you know, we're realizing the truths. We're realizing the um, bad decisions that we've made. And it's like the storm is brewing and the storm is coming, but the sun is coming right behind it. Like tomorrow's a new day. So I think a lot of the, the change and the shift and the uproar, it's almost like we have to go through it so that the sun can emerge the next day. Like I feel like there's a lot of really good positive things. The uproar is going to be a shit show, but the positive stuff that's going to come out of it, I think we're going to look back and go, okay, that was worth going through that. Yeah. And that's, I think that's your, that's, in, that's indicative or that's a, a characteristic of every single Pluto transit and every single Saturn transit. In fact, I always tell my clients who are going through difficult Saturn transits, which are like those Saturn, Saturn opposite sun or, you know, transiting Saturn opposite your natal sun or trans Saturn moon, like some of those more challenging Saturn transits, I always say Saturn, Saturn wants you to have 
what you're, what you're here to do. It, it wants you to be fulfilled, but it'll test you along the way. It's kind of like, you know, the teacher that, that gives you pop quizzes so that you really get the information so that you really learn the lessons and that you get the A and then you go on to be successful. So Saturn is a helpful, it's a really helpful planet, even though it, it does kind of feel challenging at times. And Pluto, Pluto is, is, is a, you know, it wants your evolution. It wants our evolution as a, as a, as a, as a human, you know, race. It wants, it wants your evolution personally. And so we can look at this as at, at the end of this, at the end of any Pluto transit, you look back and you say, I wouldn't change that for the world. It was, you know, not the easiest time, but look at how, how, how much you've grown. And so I think we're all going to be able to look back at that. Um, hopefully in November <laughs> of this year <laughs> and say, wow, we learned so much. Look at where we are now. We're in a very different place. Yeah, I think, you know, really what we're saying, all three of us are saying is not really attaching a good or bad label on mm -hmm. any of it. And it really is whatever. I mean, you could, you could look at it in a, in a rosy way of like revolution is for, I mean, in the end of, even while it's happening, wow, this is really beautiful, change is happening. While you could also be in a lot of pain for personal, you know, whatever's going on in your personal life during that time, both, both dimensions exist and you can choose whichever one you want to look at at any time um, or both at the same time for that matter. There's no, there's a spectrum of emotions and, but I think not attaching good and bad and um, uh, to, to the upcoming times that we live in um, and, um, so I think that is another kind of spiritual tool approach uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, well, I, I think a lot of people are really waking up. Like I think back to when I was in college and I have this funny story about, you know, buying my first deck of tarot cards. We didn't have Amazon. So I had to go to a Borders <laughs> bookstore and it was a freaking nightmare. Like it was so embarrassing and four people got involved. They were talking about it over the intercom. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> And nowadays, it doesn't matter what your fetish is, what your kink is, like you go online and you can get it and it just comes to your door. Yeah. And I think that um, what's so great about the time that we're in is that so many people are awakening at this rapid pace. Um, conversations that I now have that, you know, 20 years ago, I would have held back or, or not really spoken fully my truth. I just put it out there now. And it could just be me where I'm at. Like I'm at, you know, I don't care anymore, but I do feel like it's, it's a lot more uh, open-minded and, and there's a lot more openness and more people are awakening at this rapid rate. And I feel like it's a requirement that we go through these types of revolutions because those type of awakenings happen at a rapid or more rapid pace. And yeah. I feel like these types of events are what force us to look at the other side of the coin. So I went through a huge Saturn return and, you know, I went through a divorce and I went through a, a massive health scare and my whole life was turned upside down. I lost my business, like all of these things. It was just boom, boom, boom. I was like, oh my God, how much more can I take? But now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I totally would do that again. Yeah. Like, you know, cause it forced me to wake up. It, it, like I became a vegetarian. I got into yoga. I started doing meditation. I embraced my feng shui. Like I did every, I started this podcast. Like so much was a result of that chaos. Mm -hmm. So I feel like everything that you're saying January is going to be, well, it's going to be uncomfortable. 
it's also going to force us to really show up as our best selves. It's really going to portray the optimal soul at the soul level person that we are. So I think a lot of good can come from that, especially if we're talking about, you know, the Me Too movement and the things that are going on in the political arena and, you know, the college admission thing. I mean, we could just go on and on and on with all the crap that's been exposed. And it's like, if you have the awareness, you're like, oh yeah, I mean, that's what this this time is all about. Yeah. And even, I mean, we can look back and, and, you know, this whole, this, the, the Pluto Capricorn um, cycle that's been going on since 20, 2008 has been breaking down corruption in everything. I mean, we had the 99% movement. We had the, you know, we had the, the whole bank crisis. We had, I mean, there, the, everywhere, every institution has, has had a spotlight put on, on corruption, on um, injustice, on, um, on, on anything that needed to come into the light. So I, I think it's going to be a it's going to, it's going to result in positive change. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning from an astro- astrological perspective that Pluto's been in Capricorn for when it entered uh, 2008. 2008, when we had the, oh, the wow. crisis, yeah. the crash, the crisis, and it's, it stays for 20, some, uh, how long, 20 something years. Yeah. 20, and so we're just kind of in the right past the midpoint of Pluto and Capricorn in this long cycle of mm-hmm. breaking down structure or institutions and then so during its transgression through capricorn it's going to be meeting up with its friend saturn (laughs) or not friend enemy saturn (laughs) and that's what we're that's what's coming up and then jupiter's going to also talk be in the conversation too but um so this is like saturn like this has been pluto's work for a long time and will continue it's just going to be meeting up with saturn for the conversation to get even more interesting It's like really taking out the trash. Yeah. Here's, here's the cool thing though. Here's the cool thing. So again, Saturn, Saturn loves, it's like the police officer who wants to protect your home, you know, or wants to get you, take you off the streets if you've been drunk driving. Um, if you have been working hard, if you have been doing your, your own personal growth, your own personal development, if you have been learning your lessons, mastering them, if you've been in integrity, if you've been building a business, if you've been doing anything that's that's putting your entire heart into it, um, Saturn says, "Here's the reward. Here's the gift that comes from from being the lone woman buying the tarot card deck." <laughs> Saturn says, "Here you go, Amanda. You've been really committed. Here's here's another level of success for your show." It, so it's, it's, and actually I think a lot of Capricorns or people who are born with Saturn and Capricorn um, are going through your Saturn return right now. This is a time when you can, when you got to stay committed, you got to stay in it and, and don't give up. Um, it's, it's not a time for the, for, you know, just to discard something that you really, really like that you're passionate about. To, to follow someone else's dream for you or someone else's idea. It's a time to really, it's a time of, of seeing reward for the ambitions that you've had. If they've been, if they've been you know, um, 
uh, if they've been authentic in the authentic and true. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Not not like if your ambition is is killing a bunch <laughs> of people. Then then Saturn's like, no, no. That's well, <laughs> the best thing is too, like with the Me Too movement. The thing that cracks me up is the men are always like, well, this is the way it's always been done. This is the way it's always been, and it's like, well, that's why it's being torn up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah. so this Pluto transit with Pluto like is happening in each of our, our, our personal charts as well, somewhere in your natal chart, depending on what house it's hitting in your personal chart is where you'll see uh, uh, everything we've been talking about um, highlighted to you know, in your own chart. So yeah, um, and yeah, and I I don't know where it's at, but Pluto is one of my main planets. It's like in the third or fourth house, Pluto. Neptune and Venus are my three main planets. So I'm, it's curious that you're talking so much about plan, uh, Pluto. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, and being a Scorpio too, it's the, it's the planet, it's the modern planet associated with your sign. Even though it's traditionally ruled by Mars, Pluto's got a close association with Scorpio. So yeah. Well, I just know I'm always in the clouds. So it's like Pluto and Neptune. I'm just like, woo. <laughs> which is great. But as the, the year progresses and, you know, once we get through uh, January and we've got the, some fruits of our labor coming up in, in April and June, and I think you said November, you know, what about some of those other months? I mean, is January the big one to get through or is this kind of the theme that's giving us a preview of how the energy is going to unfold over the course of 2020? I think it is giving us the theme um, for what's for the it's the big event of 2020, um, and so I think about the eclipses. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the a lot of the um, uh, of the of the transits the rest of the year will involve Saturn, will involve Pluto. The the big outer planet transits are involving those three. Um, so anytime I'm looking at what are the big what are the big ideas for the year, I'm looking at where the North nodes are or the nodal axis is. So the north node and the south node are always opposite points of one another. And the north node is sort of like where we're focusing on and where our attention is going and, and really what, we're, what we need to be paying attention to. And the south node is what's breaking down what what is um hang on one second <laughs> kitty kitty <laughs> she's like i think i need to be part of this conversation <laughs> um but the south note is like what what we're what we're needing to to re revisit what we're needing to look at maybe what's not necessarily in our focal point for 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 this year 29 or for 2019 the north node has been in cancer which is home which is family which is um, you know, uh, our, our domestic affairs, uh, politically, um, it is mothering its children. It's, um, it's, 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 it's real estate, um, those kinds of things. And it's moving. So the North node is still going to be in, in cancer, which is our big focal, our, our focal point where we're aiming our attention and the tension between cancer and Capricorn, which we've talked a lot about, is still up for us. That all starts to shift in May. And in May, the North Node changes to Gemini and we have the South Node in Sagittarius. And so this is a big moment for us um, in the year where the energy definitely changes. 
Gemini is all, it's, it's about the details in life. It's about communication. It's about news. Um, and I think, you know, with the whole talk of fake news and, and, and that whole concept and the election year coming up, I think we could just be more and more fine-tuned in how we deliver information, how we receive information, and also the kinds of information that we're exposed to. Um, it's also a time of, of, um, of, you know, Sagittarius relates to religion, it relates to philosophy, faith, and so I think that we could see a lot of, of, of our, our collective ideas shifting as this, as this transit begins. And this will, this will be here for about 18 months. So the, the nodes change every 18 months or so. Wow. Yeah. So as we shift into the fall, uh, you know, we've got some big revolution happening. I mean, shifts in religion and, and government and news and things like that can be huge yeah. uh, because we know there's a lot of corruption there. Um, June is going to be positive. <laughs> Because Jupiter's coming in, yeah. uh, but what can we expect in the fall? I mean, we're—that's really going to be the culmination where the energy, to me, always feels incredibly intense before an election. And the last yeah. election—I mean, if that's any testament to what this election is going to be like—I mean, I just feel like it's going to be off the charts this time. So, uh, astrologically, what do we have showing up, like in September, October, and and in those uh, beginning weeks of of November when we're heading into that election? Yeah, great question. So it's, it's, it's kind of, it's an interesting time because what we have in September, from September to November, Mars is, Mars is going to be retrograde. So it's going to be, like it's, now Mars relates to uh, conflict. It relates to ego, competition, and, um, and, and also like passion and energy and all, and, and all that, that sort of physical expression of, of war. yourself, war too, it can be. And but wasn't Mars retrograde in the summer of 2018? Oh, you know what? I don't remember. I have to go back and look. I think it was. So, uh, if y'all are listening yeah, and you're wondering what the hell Mars and retrograde means, just rewind back in your head what your summer of 2018 was like, because mine yeah. was a shit show. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, so now I would say uh, we also have Venus retrograde. Um, this, this happens, uh, so Mars, I'm sorry, Mars, Mars retrograde happens every two years. Venus retrograde happens every 18 months. And Venus is going to be retrograde from May, or from, um, yeah, from May 12th to June 24th. And... And with these two, and so first of all, if you, if you have a wedding, like if you're wanting to get married, I would kind of avoid that Venus retrograde time. Like this is not the best time for a wedding. <laughs> if you already have your wedding planned, then it's okay. Like it's okay. But but if you're planning a wedding, like this is not the best time. But because we have you know Venus retrograde and then Mars retrograde, our relationships, and I think we could even look at like our um, politically you know, the election, that whole, the competition of that election, mm -hmm. like all of this could kind of ugly, <laughs> you know, yeah. or we could be backtracking and digging things out from the past and bringing them up to where it's, you know, um, to where it's like, it's just kind of creating some more uh, stress, some more struggle, some more conflict in our political conversations. But the good news is, is December's positive, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
the light, the light of Aquarius yeah. comes back. So we just like, we need to put our periscopes in and just like, okay, we can get through this. We just got to get through December. Oh, here's, you know, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a lucky, I'm going to give you a couple lucky days. So these are the days when, when Venus is trying Jupiter. And this is going to happen on March 27th and October 19th. So October 19th is right in the middle of this. This is like a, this is, these are bright spots in, um, in our year. Um, and, and I think that they're also with, with, with the nodal axis moving into Gemini and Sagittarius, it's a little bit easier actually than Cancer and Capricorn. It's kind of where, whereas Cancer and Capricorn are both cardinal signs. They're all about taking action, making, making things happen, taking initiative. And that can make for a lot of, a lot of events, a lot of activities. But Gemini and Sagittarius are mutable signs. So it's a lot of like kind of going with the flow. It's a little bit more flexible. So Tisha? Regarding the election. Okay. Is that there's no, there's no point in trying to think of what's going to be happening in November until we get past the Saturn-Pluto conjunction um, early in, in the in the winter. Like, mm -hmm. I think we're in a, we're in a very different um, world mm -hmm. um, in uh, late winter, early spring, to where um, it's going to be hard to make any kind of prediction of what November is going to be like until we're through. I'm more concerned about what it's going to feel like. Like, I feel everything. And, and like, the to me, the pretty much, like, starting 2015 to now it's just been intense like the energy has just been insane and like the eclipses and all of the the explosions of energy and the solar storms and all this stuff that's been going on i like my my poor energetic system like I, i'm noticing that i am my environment is more important to me than it's ever been before and it's always been important but now it's like off the charts because i do need alone time i do need quiet time i need that time to really recalibrate and cultivate my energy system because it's so much. And I feel like as uh, I become more spiritually awakened and I do more of the energy and spiritual work, the more sensitive I am to it all. And so I'm finding that I am wanting to hibernate and become a lot more introverted just to manage it all. So it's, but I'm curious, like as we're, you know, going through this year of, it, it, it sounds like it, for me, I'm just thinking, oh, this, this sounds like it's going to feel like a lot. <laughs> like this yeah, sounds like a I, lot of energy. I think what you're saying and what you're doing for yourself, the self-care measures that you're doing for yourself is a, is a great, um, great thing for all of us to hear. That's really where, what I think you're doing it the, the right way, the best right way there is, is just being mindful of what you need, um, and taking baths at, baths at night or doing doing self-care things because of the the energy i mean we basically what's happening in the big picture of everything we're saying i mean we're going through a massive upgrade um and um ascension if you want to use spiritual terms and it, it is a recalibration of our energy system and so it is a lot of energy and so taking whatever you need self-care wise um, for your energy system, I think is so, so, so important and it'll become more and more and more. Mm -hmm. But also service is important too. So, so self-care priority number one, and, and I think health too, like making sure that you're, that you're taking care of your health, um, because of all the energetic shifts. And like you're saying, the upgrade and ascension, sometimes that can make our physical bodies more sensitive to, 
to environmental toxins, to stress. Um, but I think anything that we can do to get out of ourselves too and volunteer or mentor or give back um, helps, helps keep our egos evolving yeah. <laughs> as our souls are pushing us to evolve. Well, and I think, Tisha, you did a, a newsletter, I think in April, and you were talking about how you were just really feeling a lot of the energy. And so you were pulling back on social media. And I was doing exactly the same thing. I just didn't announce it. <laughs> but, you know, probably energetically, we were really tapped in and tuned into that. And that's, you know, and, and then Ruby Warrington also did the same thing. She went on a sabbatical um, she's the author of, uh, the numinous, which is a astrology and, and tarot card blog. But I think a lot of us were feeling the intensity over the summer of 2019. And so a lot of us pulled back on social media because I, I don't think that a lot of us see that as self-care, but in reality, you know, if you're on all the time and you're, you're busy all the time and, and we're getting into this frenetic world where we never shut off, it's like we feel guilty if we don't answer that email at eight o'clock at night when in actuality you should be off. And so I think that was such a, a great thing to do as a self-care practice is to say, you know what, I'm just taking a moment and, I'm just, and, I, and I did the same thing. I was like, oh my God, Tish is doing the same thing I'm doing. You too, I just, <laughs> do you know what's so amazing about that is like yeah you're right I really and I publicly said you know not much is going on <laughs> and I like it that way and I created space and that's when um Kelly and Ryan what's her name <laughs> Kelly and Ryan the Kelly and Ryan show called me and next thing I know I'm on national television so it's like we, we're as, as entrepreneurs or business people we're afraid if we like take a step back and be out of the spotlight for a second we're gonna but in fact, we create that space and self-care allows you, the more you take care of yourself, then your light is brighter mm -hmm. and you can be seen actually, even if you're not really being seen in what we think of as social media. Mm -hmm. so, but you're operating from a full cup. Exactly. And the thing is, is that I think that raises your vibration like you're talking about. You, you do, you become more of a beacon. And I think that... Um, to the detriment, I think a lot of millennials, they've been raised on technology. And so they don't have an understanding that, you know, you don't have to be on all the time. You don't have to be tethered to your phone and your technology all the time. Us old folks were like, remember the day when we didn't have cell phones, you know, like I remember going to, to college and like, I would study all the time, but when I was, you know, my semester was over, like it would be a break and like, you know, it would be playtime. And like, we actually had a much more balanced life than we do now. And a lot of people feel guilty if they're not answering emails at home, if they're not taking care of things, if they're not working on projects and it's like, they're always on and it's like, they're not honoring a hibernation season to regroup. And you have to, to get those creative ideas, to recharge, to recalibrate and be the beacon so that Ryan and Ke uh, Kelly can call you, <laughs> which is amazing. So it's kind of up in the air what is going to happen until we get through this transit. But by the time we hit December, is it going to be a little bit softer? Are we going into a 2021 that's going to be like maybe hopefully unicorns and pixie dust and a little bit softer? 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think that 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 um, you know after after January, uh, I think we're we're gonna need about six months 
like they're, you know, usually between eclipses. So the January eclipses are followed by the June eclipses. And there's one in July too. And I think that six month period is going to be somewhat of um, a, a time of, of the of, of re reconstruction, reevaluation. It's going to be, a, a, you know, kind of the most in, more intense period of the year. And then after that, I think things do get a little bit better, even though it is an election and, you know, that's kind of a, a crazy time anyway. Um, but, but I think that, that, that after, Jan after that January, you know, conjunction, uh, things, there will be a, a significant shift and then we'll all just be sort of figuring out how, um, how to adjust to that, um, what we need to do uh, <laughs> as a result of it. And, uh, and so I do think that the end of the year closes on, on a brighter spot, on a brighter note. Which is fantastic. So it sounds like what we need to do is just be prepared that the energy is going to be intense, um, which is okay. I mean, I think that, you know, going through it is not going to be fun, but I think once we get to the other side of it, we're going to be like, thank God that's over. Because, you. you know, I think we learned a lot from the 08 crash, you know, it was shitty. And a lot of people were drastically affected, but a lot of things changed for the better because of that, you know, horrible event of time. Um, so I think that a lot can be gleaned from those more revolutionary upheavals in our lives. Um, but I think that um, for myself, when I go through those really, in, like the eclipse season this year was in 2019 was just intense. Um, and I have to say, you know, one of the things that has really worked for me is to get out in nature, to go out on the trails, to put my feet in the grass, um, to do yoga. You know, sometimes I get, I, I really treat yoga like crack. Like if I were a drug addict, it would be yoga. Like <laughs> I just go to classes because the breath work really helps calibrate my energy system. Um, sleeping, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I can I can totally function on four or five hours of sleep. And I disagree. I think you need a solid eight hours for self-care, <laughs> you know, to really to show up and to be your best self and to drink lots of water and to eat organic food and just, you know, all of the things that you can possibly do to make yourself feel better. And I feel like if you get your environment and yourself up to par, you're better prepared to handle the intensity of the energies that are coming in. And it's not quite so shocking. And it's not so uh, disruptive. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I want to thank you ladies for coming on the show today. Um, you know, my hope was really that we could just talk about the year and, and let people know kind of what to expect. I sure feel better. Um, you know, I think that um, the, the, like Tisha said, I think that the best thing that you can really do is just control the things that you can control which are you and your environment. Um, as long as it's not a retrograde, you can control your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, if people are interested in working with you or, you know, want to know how this is going to personally affect them um, and ways that they can set up their environments to best serve them during these times, where can they find you? And do you have any workshops or anything that's coming out in, in this year? Um, okay, tishamorris.com, 
And I am actually going back to 1440 and teaching a workshop Memorial Day weekend. I know that seems forever from now. Um, by then, Jim, uh, the North will be in Gemini and everyone's mm -hmm. going to want to get in their car and travel. So come to Northern California. Um, and then I, um, I don't have any workshops yet planned. I'm actually creating a lot of new content and actually focusing on helping authors and writers publish books and, and get, getting that going. Um, again, also in line with North Node moving into Gemini. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so yeah, tishamorse.com. I have tons of free, uh, tons of free content on that site. And of course my books are on Amazon, just um, Google Tisha Morris. And anything you wanna know about spaces and your home and decluttering, um, you can find there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, I am at Rachel com, and I um, you can read horoscopes there and uh, and I have uh, several posts about some of the astrological happenings the, right, that are happening right now and and, and uh, I, I, I post regularly there um, in February I'm going to be offering a astrology 101 class which is just a basic class to, to get you started and then I'm also starting um, astrology uh, mentoring group um, and it is basically just we meet a couple times a month and we talk about specific topics. If you're just learning astrology, if you've got a background in astrology and you know a lot, these are times when we get together online and, um, and just share ideas, share charts, kind of geek out together. Um, and so that's going to be starting in February as well. And then I'll also be offering some classes, some advanced classes in the, in the spring, including um, an asteroids class. Hmm, fun. Uh, yeah. And I'll mention um, all of this stuff will also be on the show notes on our website. So anything that we mentioned today, uh, any of the websites, books, anything like that, you can always go over to my website, which is interiorvibes.com. And you can find all of that information so that you're, you, you have all the links and don't have to search for it as well. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Every adversity has the seed to a better equivalent, Napoleon Hill. While you may be listening to this show today and going, oh my God, holy shit, how am I going to survive this? Hey, join the club. <laughs> I mean, I feel like life has been like a video game. You know, like the first level is super easy and you're super excited to get to level two and then you find out level two is just a little bit harder and then you upgrade to level three and then it's even harder. And like now we're at level 20 and it's harder than anything we've ever encountered before but you know this is the new normal so <laughs> i've actually got marlene cronin coming back on the show next week and i'm super excited to have her back on because she and i are actually going to be talking about this very thing we had originally uh decided to talk about 2020 and just really what to expect and uh she came at me with, you know what, I don't really think that's a, a good thing to do. I think what we should really talk about is how this uh, ascension thing is like a carrot on a string and we keep striving and striving and striving rather than just being simply present. And I love that because I think a lot of us are trying to run after something that, you know, is ahead of the game. It's, you know, it's always out there. It's always outside of ourselves. And I think if we slow down and just focus day to day and just really stay present, that's how we're going to be able to navigate this upheaval, uh, the challenges that we face every day and ascension. You know, that's what really this, all this challenge is about is this whole idea of ascension. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting pretty fatigued by it all. I just wanted to be here already. 
And I'm tired of hearing about, you know, just all the things that are going to happen and supposed to happen. And I just don't feel like they personally affect me. And I'm just getting kind of worn out from it all. So I'm hoping that you resonate with this. I know a lot of my clients are going through some very challenging circumstances in their life right now. And so I think that this show today with Tisha and Rachel and also Marlene's show next week, I'm hoping that it really sets you up for success in 2020 so that you go through it, kick ass, and take some serious names, right? That's the whole point. All right, everyone. My name is Amanda Gates. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Be sure to go on over to iTunes and support us. Leave us a review. Subscribe to the show. And hey, if you know of any advertisers that would be a good fit for the show, send them our way. I got to figure out how to make this sucker profitable so that I can come back on uh, once a week because I really love doing the show. I love, love, love coming on here and talking to these amazing people and doing this. So I got to figure out a way to make it work. And I'd rather, you know, put our heads together because, you know, more heads are better than one. I think that's the saying. I don't know. If you want more information about me or about getting a floor plan reading, you can head on over to interiorvibes.com. If you'd like to email us, reach out to us at letschat at thegatescompany.com. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies. And hey, happy holidays.